Another way that you can look at this, though, is skill acquisition. If you don't know what the term polymath means, a polymath is somebody that has mastered a wide range of different disciplines, which he clearly did. Yup, it's House, aka Mr. Smart City, and you are now tuned in to another lovely edition of the Smart City Podcast. Happy Monday morning. I hope you have been living above 3D. So just some background for today's topic. I was going back on some old books that I had read. One was the biography of somebody that I really look up to and admire, Leonardo da Vinci. And one thing that I noticed, if you notice throughout his lifetime, during the Renaissance especially, what is the one thing that he found to be the most important about life? It was learning. He had said that learning, when you are constantly learning, no day is dull and you are never without energy. And he lived by that until the day he died. In fact, he died doing a math problem just moments before, just hours before. He invented his own musical instruments. He would play for the kings of other countries, create plays, music. Some have reported that he had a beautiful singing voice as well. This is a man that has mastered so many different arts and sciences that the term jack-of-all-trades, master-of-none does not apply to him in the least bit. His specialty was generalization. In fact, he prided himself on being able to marry art and science together, looking at them as one and the same. I find there's so many parallels, it's ridiculous to even segment them that way. I believe that is one of the most rewarding experiences you can ever have. Skill acquisition is one of those things that will give you mountains of energy. You always have something to look forward to when you're waking up better than you were the day before. When you know that every single day that you wake up and you get a great sleep, which is where all the learning and muscle memory happens, like when you're learning a skill, that's where your information in your brain, when you practice, starts breaking down, and that's why the next day you're better. That's why it doesn't happen right there on the spot. So when you wake up every day and you know that you, without question, are better than you were the day before, it's a certain mentality. There's a certain mentality that comes with it. Now, a lot of people, they confuse happiness with confidence. And what I mean by that is, when we think of the word happiness, when people think of that term, ask them what their version of that is. And it's a content feeling where they're happy, they have no desire for other things, they've obtained everything they need, they don't have stress, right? How do you obtain that? How do you feel content? Well, that's security. And it's confidence. You obtain that by confidence, confidence in your situation that everything's going to be okay that you're in control of as much as you can be in your life. And the funny thing about language itself is language is not meant to be crystal, crystal clear. And it isn't. Think about it like this. If this was a map, it would be like putting into Google Maps your general area when somebody says happiness, confidence, independence, freedom, those power words that evoke strong emotion from people. Think about what that does. It puts you 
into a position to where you are interpreting the meaning of it. You're interpreting what those words mean to you, whether it's by recalling a time in your life where you experience those feelings, or you imagine what that would feel like. Another example would be if I say hardworking, that's going to have a different definition to you than it would to me. So when people talk about happiness, there's way too many variances and variations of that word that it's hard to really make it a quantitative and for that matter qualitative metric of what you are searching for in life. The pursuit of happiness itself, it sounds good. Maybe it's general enough to be obtainable, but it's going to mean something different. So here's how I'm going to look at this. When I talk about quote-unquote being happy, I'm talking more about feeling confident and secure in yourself. That's typically what people are looking for and why billionaires, why everybody from billionaires to poor people spend as much money as they can to feel good. Everybody wants to feel good. Nobody wants to feel bad. And that typically comes from self-esteem. That's why people that get rich or maybe they're upper middle class will spend on material items to make themselves feel better, to elevate them, get rid of status anxiety that they have. But one of the things that don't really change, barring extremely horrific circumstances like, let's say, a car accident, but skills stay with you. Money comes and goes. Objects, they lose their luster after a while. But ask somebody that knows how to play a musical instrument, knows a martial art, knows how to draw very well. Ask them what the price is to say, you can never do these things again. How much would it cost? Very few, I doubt, without regret anyways, would sell their skill away. It's because it's the gift that keeps on giving. You go around a campfire and somebody's playing guitar or the ukulele, that person is spreading joy. And that's something that doesn't really change as long as they do maintenance and keep up with it. And it's part of their confidence. It's part of an expression, an outlet of expression that is also very critical to people. So I figure, what would be the best skills to learn in order to take care of business first, which is get into those skills that that might be passions of yours. What is absolutely necessary to give you that freedom you need to be able to work on your skills without having to worry about your bills being paid? So this is the top 10 list. Sat down with the team, thought long and hard about this, and so it's not in a particular order. But I tried to put the best ones first. We'll do a countdown from 10, and we'll work our way down to number one. So we're going to start with number 10. As far as 2020 goes, to set yourself apart and dominate in any field and acquire any skill. Number 10 is energy efficiency. I've talked a little bit about that on this channel and how to do that. But essentially, it's the ability in this modern era to not waste your time on fruitless pursuits. That's scrolling through social media feeds endlessly with no outcome, reading celebrity gossip, news articles that won't help you a year from now, two years from now, ten years from now. But that energy efficiency, it comes, it comes with knowing how to be mindful of everything you do, how much you're talking. When you speak, 
Do you use wasted words? Are you just venting, contributing to white noise, or do you speak with meaning? Do you speak with purpose when you talk to people? That will make a big difference. It's crazy that the more you speak in front of people, the less valuable your word becomes over time. Less is more is a cliche for a reason. It earned its way into the Hall of Fame of cliches because it's very true. I have found this specifically with working with younger people that come into the workforce. They tend to have a habit of just a stream of conscious filter and letting it out because they've been taught, and rightfully so, to express themselves, but they don't know how to turn it off. And what ends up happening is the more people hear them speak, the less and less impact their words have, the less seriously they're taken, the less value is perceived that they have. Energy efficiency also means sleeping properly, knowing when to turn up the intensity in the morning when you're at your best, knowing when to turn it off and conserve when your blood sugar levels naturally dip. It's being aware of how you're using your energy. Talking on the phone with someone for an hour and a half, customer service support is an energy drain. It might be necessary, but could it have been taken care of by email? Just one of many examples, but you should get the idea there. It's being mindful of how you're using your energy and your time. Very important with so many different ways to get distracted today. Everything is almost designed to keep you distracted. It's important to keep on top of your energy. Number nine, meditation. And the reason that I put meditation on there is because it goes hand in hand with discipline. I was thinking about including being able to step away from the phone, but I figured I can just wrap it into meditation because it's essentially the same thing. It's keeping away from stimulus. There are endless ways to get caught in stimulus these days. There's no shortage of being caught in stimulus. So with meditation, it's so important because it keeps your mind light. It improves your focus. And I used to think it was just this hippie spiritual mumbo jumbo before. I come to find out it's actually one of the most life-changing things. And I know you've probably heard that before. But if you knew me, you would know I was the type that would probably be like, hey, you know, that's not really my scene here, okay? Problem is it's just been hijacked by new age spiritualists and given a bad name, but really, it does work. It is incredible for how much energy you feel afterwards, and I would highly recommend it. But it will help, most importantly, and the reason it's included with your discipline, which is so important, because when you have that discipline, you can avoid distractions. The average person checks their phone every 5.68 minutes. Think about that. That's on average, so it can go just a little bit above that, and way below that. And I would say I've seen a lot more personally, so it's an antidote, below that line. 5.68 sounds generous to me, but that's going to vary. And there's going to be outliers that skew that number. So I would say with attention spans being at around 7 to 8 seconds now, which is less than a goldfish, hopping in and out of the pocket of focus is one of the quickest ways to kill your productivity, your energy, that deep critical thinking you need to produce high quality work. Knowing how to refrain and not have this need for endless entertainment, key 
If you want to be successful, I would say that's one of the most important things you could ever learn in this era specifically. Number eight, design. And the reason that this is important is because design is so much more than just graphics. It's understanding how color, mixing with other colors, how that influences emotion, how it influences symbols, what it represents, and being able to arrange it into an aesthetically pleasing way. It can tell a story. And check this out. 96% of people surveyed in a HubSpot survey said, and this is 96%, said that they don't even trust a website if it's not aesthetically appealing. So that just shows you that it also builds credibility. I look at design as the surface, the 3D embodiment across a wide range of anything that you see in this world, whether that's from your outfit to your website to your home. Design, it speaks volumes. It's how you express yourself without saying a word. Very important. Design thinking is removing the clutter. And we even see this dating back into wartime when propaganda was so huge. They tapped into design to evoke feeling through image to people. Number seven, systems thinking. What systems thinking is, is thinking about things from the top level. Now, I've made jabs at the religious and atheist debates because they both seem to speak about a quote-unquote God that most have come to accept, like he, she is a Home Depot employee or something, that they wouldn't use systems to regulate things and that they would meddle in the affairs without any sort of autonomy or a way to self-regulate. Systems thinking is being able to see from an engineer's perspective on how everything comes together. When you can see the systems structure of things, it helps you understand your role and how you fit into that system, whether you're in it or building it. Sometimes you have to be in one to eventually get to a point where you can get the resources to be the builder itself. Nothing wrong with that, but understanding how cogs all come together to create the finished product. So important, it will help you understand your own value. So it will help you if you're asking for a raise. You'll be able to see what you're contributing to the company and how the CEO would view their spreadsheets and look at it. You might be underpaid or overpaid. Up to you what you do with that information, but it will at least help you know and give you leverage among countless other benefits. Building teams. We see sports teams, they're systems. Knowing how to build everything using quantitative and qualitative attributes, meshing them together, and knowing how it's just organized chaos at the end of the day. It's not 100% predictable. Super important to have that type of mindset. It will help you understand so many things, things that were probably written off as conspiracy theories. Once you understand the systems-based thinking on how action leads to this one, causation, effect, things start to make a lot more sense and it will help you have predictive ability as well so you can foresee events before they happen because you would know the next logical step. Number six, cybersecurity. And I put this because if you learn that skill and learn to be really good at it, you would never have a shortage of opportunities. People would sign over a blank check to you because it's that important. The United States spends less than 2% of its defense budget on cybersecurity. And as we're seeing, 
and but hardly hear about. There's thousands of break-ins, cybersecurity threats that happen every single day from countries across the world. And we're still very underfunded if you're American in that sense. And it's been very easy for them to break in. But here's the thing. They're not going after government. They're going after where it hurts the most, and that's small biz and the businesses of America. So your chances of what you could find would open up significantly. You can work practically anywhere at that point. The way to put it is you become an MVP of society to everybody. You become irreplaceable. Got to be up there with most valuable skills in 2020, hands down. Number five, combat. Now, I don't mean you go out and you be aggressive. What I mean is learning a martial art. And while nothing will truly prepare you for if there was attackers and multiple attackers, because things sort of change in the situation when it happens, and as Mike Tyson said, everybody has a plan until they get punched in the mouth, very artistically expressed by him. The thing about having a solid base in combat is the confidence. Remember when we talked about that at the very beginning, that confidence is super important. Having combat skills will help you develop that confidence that's so crucial to handling day-to-day life. It's hard to explain. It's just you have a certain natural, you just carry yourself a different way. When you're not shying away from conflict and you're used to confronting conflict, whether it's in a controlled environment or not, there's a certain advantage that comes with it. It also teaches you that discipline that we talked about. It also keeps you in excellent shape, movement-based. It's not so much just heavy lifting where you have muscles that are non-functional. It's excellent for the body depending on how well you take care of your sparring sessions if you even do them. You've got to be careful about taking too many blows to the head. CTE is a huge thing. But for the most part, even aside from that, it will allow you to have a confidence in every other portion of your life, whether that's in the dating scene, your professional life, your personal life. It will bring a certain internal peace knowing that you can confidently and comfortably handle situations that would shake 95% of other people. Number four, critical thinking. You would think this would be the most important, but it most certainly isn't. Many people get by without this skill and have been successful, so it's up there, but it's not the most important, but it is super important. In this day and age, especially with fake news being a huge thing, seeing how social media and outlets can influence masses of people, getting them so fired up even to the point where there's violence in the physical 3D reality that we live. Being able to critically think allows you to not be a pawn in the game of people that don't have your best intentions and they just want to feed you information intentionally to spark a response from you and other people that are getting fired up. It's very manipulative. They target people that are prone to emotional outbursts by using sensationalist headlines but if you were to go in and do the research which doesn't take too long by the way it's a five second google search it always blows my mind how few people are interested in actually going behind what has been reported and critically thinking will help you dissect situations so you're not being manipulated whether that's in your relationships or in your personal life as well there's a lot of overlap between these skills But if you can learn critical thinking plus systems base, as far as the workplace goes, you'll always know where you stand and you'll always know what you need to work on to increase your earning power and value to your company or your value 
as a leader, if you're a CEO or a freelancer, knowing how to find projects, it will help you with that. Number three, writing. And I put writing here because if you didn't know, business writing slash copywriting itself, just that one little segment, by 2021, which is coming up quick, it will be a $424 billion industry. And that's because we're seeing how important written text is. What writing really comes down to is it's not just pen to paper, it's what's between your ears. It's a way to organize your thoughts properly. There's a reason that so many of the greatest leaders in history, have you ever wondered, have you ever wondered why all of them seem to have left a journal behind that was released posthumously? And then we start to make sense of historical events, why they happened, what was going through their mind. It also helps us when we read those things to see what steps they took to arrive at the conclusion they did and how they worked it out and then what ended up actually happening in the physical world. Many corporations are also spending a couple million dollars, two million dollars per year on writing development for business writing and internal communications. So it's huge. Again, a very important skill to have. 73% of HR recruiters have mentioned that they wish that the candidates that applied had better writing skills. So it's in demand. It always will be because all it is is your ability to sequence information together concisely and it is an art form because it allows you to express yourself if you were to look at how certain words come together how cliches come together and metaphors and similes they can paint pictures in somebody's mind we're finding out that it's actually very similar to coding because if we were to take words and jumble them up well then it doesn't mean anything to you right before it was able to be interpreted it had to be arranged in a certain way for it to make sense first so it does take quite a bit of skill and again in the postmodern era here's a big tip remove everything that is unnecessary remove wordiness using big words is far less important than being able to concisely crystal clear crisp writing is the key to being a great writer these days number two kind of falls in line with number three but storytelling and i included oratory skills into this mix. Now it sounds a little biased, podcast, YouTuber. I get that. But let me explain. There's a reason that I focus on those areas so much, and that's because throughout history, before there was writing, that's how stories and meaning of our world was passed down. It all came from stories. That's how we transmit large data sets and information, almost like a file on a computer. That's how we zip tie it and make it so that you don't forget it. Because there's a difference. People remember stories. If you recall your favorite movies, your favorite books, think about how much you remember. Some you might even be able to quote the entire thing. You could probably talk to somebody about it for two hours, dissecting everything about this movie. Maybe you've only seen it three or four times, but it was very memorable to you. You remembered it. You remember every step. You remember who was in it, the scenes. Many people cry, many people laugh. Many people are angered by movies. They're not even real. Most of them are not real, but they still evoke that emotion. And here's the thing. There was a study, I believe it was Stanford that did a study that showed that people react stronger to fake emotional scenes in movies than they do real life, than they do in real life events. 
even though what happened on screen was an identical situation. So for instance, if someone's father passed away on the movie, they reacted stronger than that than someone in real life actually having that happen to them. Very interesting, isn't it? But back then, before there was movies, an elder from the town talking around a campfire, explaining what the meaning of life is, certain tales that happen, morals of stories, the Bible, the highest selling book of all time, is a collection of stories. It is transcended time. 2,000 years and counting, we have historical records from 5,000 years ago. Still remember those stories, even mythical or not, stories like Atlantis, Troy, are still remembered to this day and still passed around. That's why it's important to be able to speak because that is one of the most natural things closest to our truths and our DNA. See how it's all starting to make sense with this above 3D and how, how every episode builds on each other? Yep, here's bringing it all together right here. When you understand your truths, you know exactly what skills to look for as well. It's also a great way in this distracted age to hold someone's attention. Doing that is one of the toughest challenges that you'll face in 2020 and presumably the next decade ahead. Here's number one, psychology. Psychology is at the basis of almost every single skill that we talked about on this list. If you learn psychology and put everything you have into learning as much information as you can about it, everything else you saw on this list comes together and comes easier. Psychology is the basis for learning what's important, how it works, why you're learning it, keeping you motivated because you'll understand your brain and other brains better, why learning a skill would be beneficial for you to know, why it would be impressive to someone, why it would be useful to somebody if you're trying to get paid off it or if you're trying to entertain people with your skill. If it's for self-fulfillment even, you'll be more motivated to stick to it. Your discipline, you'll understand how your discipline is held together through psychology, why on some days your willpower is lacking, why on some days your energy is off. Psychology is to understand. It is to understand humans. And while there's so much we don't even know, that's the craziest thing is we're trying to go to Mars, but we have this supercomputer between our ears that we still are scratching the surface and learning about. We're now learning that NLP, Neuro Linguistic Programming, which was chalked up to quack science, pseudoscience, is now legit. The CIA, when they released their files from the 70s and the experiments, found it was highly effective. The words that we tell ourselves and the stories that we tell ourselves are so important for guiding our action in everyday life. There is no way that we can ignore the benefits of the words that we put into our brain, content in, is content out. That's why it's so important to defeat negative self-talk. Best way to do that is understanding your brain, why those negative thoughts are coming in. And when you have a strong grasp of psychology, you have a better understanding and control of the situation when those things are happening, and then you remove it. You get it out. Get it out of your brain. But I'd love to hear what you think are the most important degree of subjectivity to it. It would depend on your personal situation. There's many other skills. We could probably build a list of 30, but here's what I identified as the top 10 that will give you the biggest advantage across your life. And since most people are most worried about their happiness, living a fulfilling life, these help serve you and guide you on that path to making that happen. 
And by the way, I do not say it enough, but I appreciate sincerely everybody that tunes into this and listens to this. There's so much content these days, all seemingly, even in niche subjects, seemingly cover the same topics, but you chose this one. And for that, you have my unconditional love. I send that out to you. You can reach out to me anytime. I've always list my email on here. We can contact me directly, house at bestrevenuewriter.com, and across all social media, Twitter at Smart City Prince, House from Smart City, all one word for YouTube. But we would not be approaching almost 35 episodes, over two days worth of audio collectively, if you were to put them all together, if it wasn't for you and keeping me motivated and enjoying what you hear here. So thank you very much. Really appreciate that. I, I really sincerely mean that. If you've been listening with me for a long time, then you know how much that means and the mission that we're on here. So you know it's not just a vanity thing. It is strictly to have an intimate one-on-one conversation, hoping that it reaches you and gives you a sense of joy and improvement in your life. These are all the life lessons and things through three years of isolation, research, trial and error, my own experimentation, coming together, extracting what was the most valuable, discarding what was useless, giving that to you. So again, this is the Above 3D series. Mr. Smart City out. Ciao.